Welcome back to the One a Week Podcast, everyone. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jonas. This week, we're talking about a little band called Future of the Left. Now, this time I say little, and I mean it. They're kind of a little band. Mm-hmm. Not too big. Um, and in 2013, they released an album called How to Stop Your Brain in an Accident. And that is the album we're talking about this week. Uh, Future of the Left is a band hailing from the United Kingdom. So, you know, you know how we feel about those people. But how do we feel about those people? I don't. I don't think I should say that on air. Um, but um, it's uh, it's some people like it's half people that were in this other band called McCluskey that broke up in like two thousand and five, and then the bassist, which is a female, is from another rock band. So they've all had rock experience. This isn't like their first band thing, and you can kind of tell because. It's like kind of a mash of like noise rock and punk, but it's also like super catchy at the end of the day, which um, I think that's very interesting. But getting into the album itself, um, I thought it was quite good. I really liked the like the riffs, how relentless they were, how relentless the bass lines would be constantly. And there were some tracks where even like the drums were like, my head is going to explode from all these drums that are happening right now. And I also really liked the vocals. They were full of like personality and like sass and eccentricity. I sound like a thesaurus right now, but <laughs> I wrote notes and I'm just reading off of them from my brain. Yeah, I don't see any notes. But but at the end of the day, this album was entertaining. It was it sounded good and it was super catchy even though it had a lot of like abrasive elements, which a lot of the times I can get into like more abrasive music, but not a lot of stuff sticks in my brain because it's like harsh. So, but with this, some of the hooks and some of the verses are like bouncing around in my, in my noggin. I don't know about you, but how do you feel? Um, I thought I, I enjoyed my, my listens to this record. Um, it was, uh, it was so pessimistic, bordering on nihilistic in yeah. in concept. Um, I don't think it's quite at the point of nihilism, but this you know having a lot of like punk elements. This this was an album about a very wide array of things that are making the vocalist very angry and. Um, I I get a lot of them, um, maybe not with the same vitriolic nature that he does, but I, I appreciate the fact that he did not limit himself to talk about one thing that was making him mad. He talked about everything that was making him mad. And he must have got most of it in there, because yeah. I don't know how Across much 14 tracks, about. I didn't feel like an ounce of, uh, like hope <laughs> yeah like i don't want to make it sound like this record is like like tore me down or anything because sometimes you just want to listen to a record where someone's really mad about things that you think are unfair and that's what you that's what i got out of this yeah i always think um like punk music from the uk is really interesting because american punk music is like uh, down with the down with the establishment i hate capitalism but uk punk has that ever so slight edge of the British have been around for like 2,000 years 
and there's there's a lot we could be mad about so it has a lot more i think depth to it in that sense um but it also has a lot more like um more modern twists on it like the song how to spot a record how to spot a record like company what I'm yeah thinking of. i was also thinking of um she gets passed around at parties oh like, yeah it's like, sure like and i think about this because i'm on iphoney a lot you um, can't say that on which, air without like qualifying your statement which, which that's problematic it's, well, it's like a guilty it's not even a pleasure i wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure it's more of a I just want to feel bad, so I open up iFunny. But what I see... so terrible. What I see on that app is, like, female accountability is put at such a high level. Like, dudes on there are like, well, if a girl's been in, like, more than, a re- more than one relationship before, I don't even want to touch her. And that's what the whole get passed around at parties thing is. Yeah. It's like these two people get married and they like learn about each other and then the dude is like yo she's she's getting she got passed around bro what's she what's she been doing i don't know and he like goes to the hospital like a breakdown yeah and then the paramedic who helps him he's like oh man she's been everywhere she's getting passed (laughs) around it's and like yeah people really think like that it's kind of unbelievable um but i thought a song tackling that idea was was unique. I don't think I've heard that in music before. Um, and Do you also, think these guys are on iFunny? I don't think so, because they're like old and British, but you know, I could be wrong. But um, I it brought up a lot of ideas, because the lyrics are somewhat esoteric, you could call them that. Um, they require you to kind of like stop and look at them. It's not like, I don't know, a band like Idols, where you can just like listen to it and yeah. just feel it. And, like, the lyrics aren't that... Like, sometimes they're a little poetic, but sometimes it's just him yelling consent. Um, <laughs> but with this, it's a little more a little more artsy, a little more imagery-focused. And I, I think I kind of like that. I think I like a more poetic punk rock band. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the... Like, if I had to put, like, a kitschy like gimmicky catchphrase for this record like a tagline Mm -hmm. it would be like neighborhood nightmare because it's just like about like very normal things that people become complacent with that are clearly problematic and should drive us insane but don't and i'm going to talk about what i'll say right now i think is my favorite song yeah i want to talk about this uh singing of the bone saws um because that's like a like almost five minute track that's like all spoken word it sounds a little bit pretentious but like it sounds very pretentious they're doing like a like a posh yeah because they're like english but he does like a stupid like upper class yeah english accent um and it feels kind of like uh, it's uh, in itself sounds kind of like a commercial or infomercial type thing but it's about the poisonous air that comes from like commercialism and how uh you know we 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 buy products or we look or we try to look into what's popular just so we can feel a sense of like self-worth or a sense of community and how like genuinely awful that is um like my favorite 
little few lines from the song is probably well no but i think the ones that like punched me most initially on the album were um i'll just i'll read it out their children eventual uh, despoilers of the high streets clad head to toe in menstrual blood screaming sexual insults into bedroom mirrors with the sad belief it will empower them it will empower them it will empower them at least that's what it says on my cereal packet that's what it says on my receipt from the apple store and I felt like I just got like hit with a heavy object when I heard that because it's like, yeah. oh my gosh, yeah, like people, like people think something will make them feel good because it's what they're told will make them feel good, and they, even though it doesn't make us feel good, we just tell ourselves it does, and oh, it this like is, put a knot in my this stomach. This is just such. There's so much going on in this song. Neighborhood nightmare, I'm telling you. <laughs> like it talks about like it talks about like commercialism and I thought a lot about listening to the song. I thought about like companies that like change their logo to a rainbow during Pride Month. Oh, we going to talk about some virtue signaling right? I think cuz I think that song talks about this a little bit cuz it's like it's like companies try to empower you. They're like this is what this is what you should do. And even though them appealing to pride is becoming, like, most people are seeing it as what it is. It's just a company trying to sell goods. And they're like, well, this will be good marketing if we're, like, pro-LGBTQIA+, um, which works, unfortunately. But um, I think this song talks about it because some people are like, well, you can buy goods from this company because they're pro-gay and you can't buy Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich because they are anti-gay. Real quick, because I wanted to bring that up. Okay. Have have you heard about the whole um, Burger King chicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich thing? Like, which one? What? Because, okay, so because every <laughs> I think everybody knows about like the controversy with Chick-fil-A and how they they as a company used to donate to a lot of organizations that were quite clearly anti-LGBT and then when they got caught for doing that they said they would stop And but now instead the owner of Chick-fil-A does the donations himself rather than the company but that's public record but nobody can do anything about that because it's just a dude um, but because that's like public record starting in June Burger King because all fast food chains are doing like a chicken sandwich thing right yeah. now. Burger King said that a pro like proceeds a percentage of all purchases oh, from yeah, okay. their chicken no, no, sandwich will be donated to like basically the inverse of everything that the Chick-fil-A CEO is donating to. And I, that's a long way of saying like I still can't tell how I feel about that because I feel like that is still so very clearly like corporate warfare under the face of like oh but look we're the cool fast food chain but yeah. like i i still refuse oh, to yeah, believe guess... that burger king is like oh uh yeah we're just cool they're just they're taking the chance to like take shots at the fast food chain that is bigger than them i don't know yeah. i just i mean i guess at the end of the day in a vacuum them donating to those organizations is a good thing um but yeah, it's obviously just a marketing gimmick, um, and nobody's buying their chicken sandwiches anyway because it's Burger King. <laughs> Who goes to Burger King? <laughs> Not me. Ugh. So, 
Um, and then another interesting thing yeah, that this song talk about talks the music about, again now. I like the whole passage where he's like, my family died because they watched a Kardashian skit where some director... Of bad no, action some, movies. Some some guy with a mask of the director of yeah. bad action movies complains that There Will Be Blood by Paul Thomas Anderson didn't have enough action. I, I was like, this... This is absurd. Yeah, but it's I, so over the top. Like, I get it. It's like how art and, like, commercialism clash. Um, and then it causes them to, to kill themselves. Kill each other, yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. Because, yeah, eventually, I feel like the, the, the rift between art and commercialism is becoming super unstable these days. Yeah. Especially with, like, streaming stuff. Like, it's much easier to make content that will be put out somewhere so is it easier to make art earnest art or is it even harder to make earnest art and you have to make like brand friendly test group focus group friendly movies um which like yeah like the marvel movies are like that like yeah they are they do like test screenings and then they like recut the movie um but then there's a lot of stuff that makes like a lot of money like I don't know any of the A twenty four movies; those make money, and they're I think they're pretty um, artistically honest. Yeah. So it's also, hard to. I th- I think one more thing about that like second half of the song is not only is it talking about like like commercialism and what it does, but in in the completely over the top skit of the narrator explaining the show of uh, like a big man and a director mask chasing Kim Kardashian in this scenario everybody on the set of that show goes crazy and starts killing each other and then he makes the point that in watching this it bleeds into reality like from the TV set and the fam his family watching the show then begins to do the same thing. So I feel like not only does he tackle like the absurdity of like commercialism and and stuff like the f- focus test groups, but then says how that yet again bleeds into our lives because it's what we are watching and what we are told to watch. And I don't think that this is like a like a message about like oh we watch violence and we become don't violent. We watch the Kardashians; yeah. they're ruining society. It's it's just like we are. It's an observation. Yeah. It, I think it, I think the song is crazy good. I think it's cr- like so far up its own ass as well. But like, and it it, it works though. And that baseline, bro. <laughs> that baseline oh yeah. Also, it's good day. music. Yeah. Um. What was another song? I yeah, I, we talked about that song for a while, but it deserved it. Let me pull out my notes. Ooh, I want to talk about um, French lessons. I was about to I think, I think that in an album full of like societal commentary, this is very interesting in that it's a love song, but it's more of a people say that this is what love does to you. Like he says that love is a black hole that like, gets that it's like it gets rid of your social life it gets rid of other friends because you're going to focus on the love part but then it also gets caught in like your family and all that and i really like how 
um, he, there's this little vocal passage where he says, I don't need koi carp swimming around my feet and auburn-haired children blocking my path as I run to the disabled bathroom, topping off a 12-hour drinking spree. I thought it was very interesting because he talks about a garden center prior to that. So it's talking about how, like, not much has changed in his life. He's still, like, an over-drinker and all that, and he uses the disabled bathroom. But it's in the context now of he's at a garden center with who I assume is his loved one. And I thought it was super interesting how that was a commentary on what people think love is. And he doesn't really, like, give his own perspective on what love is. He's just kind of like, well, people say a lot of things about love. And they say it really loudly. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, it was because then that's still kind of societal commentary. Like, oh, love is when you, is when you bake cookies for your, your mom <laughs> or something like that. And it's a, it's a, it's a little more complex than that, I think. But, um, yeah, I really liked this song. Yeah, I did too. I, I wanted to talk about the, the, uh, verse where he says, I'm reading you like a pamphlet that I picked up from an idiot on a unicycle in a town square. He is sad now. He was sadder there. And then repeats it. Um, I thought that that was very poignant yep. section because it's, it's again like a man who is clearly doing terribly telling himself a, with this pamphlet. And I assume the vocalist is referring to religion, but it could be a number of things. Um, that he he's this this man on the unicycle is doing extremely poorly in his life, but he's got this thing that he feels is some sort of purpose that he wants to pass on to other people to validate him feeling like this thing that's giving him false happiness is actually true happiness, and the the vocalist who gets the pamphlet is like this is useless i'm reading it and then i'm throwing it away because there's nothing of substance in here but i got it from a man who's pretending there's substance in it and that was just like it's just it's just another way to show how like unbelievably individualistic everybody is and we are able to look so far past that i think just like I have, he's talking about his own problems or issues in this song uh, about love. And then there's this brief stint where he talks about another man who has his own completely separate set of issues that he is trying to solve and how insignificant they appear to the vocalist because he's just passing by him briefly in life. And I thought in like a short like eight lines that is summed up beautifully and absolutely terrifying like it's yeah, it's, crazy. It, it's um it's very dense it's very dense material that we're working with here uh, but it also uh, slaps yeah. and sounds good so I like I what's interesting to me is I don't even need this to be like an album our neighbors are going crazy I hope the yeah. mic's not picking that up we'll just um, we'll ignore it yeah but like I don't even need this to be like an album with like a lot of instrumentation or anything if this was literally a spoken word album i would find it just as interesting because the concepts are so fleshed out in such a brief period of time in each song because like no song is longer than like five minutes except i think the closing track yeah i just 
yeah, I, I need more music like this that like it's so it I was can just nuts. I can just sit with it for a couple days. Yeah. And like think about what it is. Yeah. There's there's so much going on in this album. Um and then I want to talk about things say to friendly policeman. All That's like a very brief track, but still has a lot to say. It's less than two minutes long. It kind of talks about like policing more in like an abstract sense. Not really like any like policy or like legislative stuff. It's more like cops cops will put me in a box and they're like they'll put me in their like damaged, terrible, simplistic box and I'm just a dude and now I'm gonna be a victim. He says, Make me into your kettle drum. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I get it. But um it's it's really about how that mentality of like generalization of people and you talked about how everyone is super individualistic like yeah everyone is like just a complex makeup of different stuff but you know policing kind of allows people to put to down yeah just put others like into this simple category of well they did a crime so the police should beat them because they stole twenty dollars worth of cereal from Walmart, so they should be locked up for like three months. Mm-hmm. Because that's how we do things around here, and yeah, that's just kind of been how it's how it is for the past like what a long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, and um, this song I think tackles that very well. And he also I think makes an Icarus reference. When he talks about, yeah, he yeah. says all big men have a gravity that draws them to the sun. And he's, he says draws them to the sun. So in my brain, I'm thinking of somebody rising towards the sun. Yeah. And with arrogance in the same way that Icarus did with yeah. uh, those wax wings or whatever. And then nerd, it, <laughs> whatever nerd stuff. It combines it because the next two lines are... Uh, it's all big men have a gravity that draws them to the sun and gives them their control and gives them their authority. I switched those it's two fine. lines, whatever. It doesn't really rhyme. No. Um, but, like, I think that, yeah, it's like, oh, look, the people who get their, who feel like they should have power to be able to put people in boxes are eventually going to have their wings be burned up and, and yep. find themselves just down in the dirt with everybody else again. And I, I'd like to think... That in our current day, we're kind of re-examining police in a more like critical light, but and in in the same breath, there is a huge opposition to mm-hmm. that thought yeah. that might be stronger than it ever has been. I just I hope so that it's it's like I don't. Uh, it's complex. It's real yeah. complex. I just hope that I I don't understand why there's got to be an issue with questioning authority at all you know like if nothing changes so be it but i only want to see nothing change at least after it is thoroughly examined and questioned and put through like the the utmost scrutiny but people are just like well it's worked so far so we're gonna (laughs) keep doing things how they are it has not worked worked it has not worked it's worked for me suburban suburban middle class white person i'm doing fine it is, it's, it's disparaging. No, I've, I've thought about it. A lot of, like, current stuff happening, like, whatever, like, critical race theory, whatever the buzzword is these days. 
it just it makes me think that people who swear that America is the free marketplace of ideas, yeah, it is until you like question the marketplace itself. Then you're like, oh, we can't talk about that. Can't can't say that. Yeah, that's again, no, can't do that. And that's that's what I that's what I think about when I think. Because, like, the whole facts don't care about your feelings whole movement, that kind of went away because it doesn't really make sense with a lot of the claims that it used to go with. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know, we don't need to get into all that. This has by far been the most political we've ever gotten. Because this album is extremely political. It's hard to talk about this album at all without talking about, like, the context in which it exists. But I'm sticking with my earlier sentiment is because... This album does not make me feel like, oh, everything sucks and everything will always suck and there's nothing we can do about it. This album is sparking, like, conversation, clearly, between you and I, at least, and I'm sure other people that have listened to it saying, like, oh, man, yeah, there are some jarring problems and it's it's worth getting upset about them. And then discuss them and do something do not just say man things suck and give up or don't pretend everything's okay yeah no, that's what that's what good punk music should be yeah kind of more like a oh this is what like we're mad about not a oh everything is bad yeah more of a well this is like what the issue is or at least what i think the issue is and then i was think i was thinking about that track we've been thinking about the same tracks <laughs> um and then getting into Johnny Burrell Afterlife. Um, I thought it was an interesting, interesting take on the whole. Um, like it's a, it's complex, but I thought it was um, kind of a commentary on like how we're judged by how we be as workers. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know if you had a different take than this. You probably did, but it felt to me as like we have to like form ourselves into like we're judged by like how smart we are like how physically adept we are and those are kind of very like archaic ways of judging people that i don't think are like all encompassing because they definitely aren't yeah this song talks but it talks about a lot of stuff but um the hook is Roy, just a boy, just a boy with the biggest head in school. Just a boy, just a boy with the brightest future. And yeah, it, it makes me think a lot about how, I don't know, like when I was in school, they were like, yeah, you got it. You got a really bright future ahead of you as long as you work hard. Mm-hmm. And I think if I told them where I was now, they would be disappointed. Yeah. But um, like, I don't care. Like, I don't really care about that because I think what I am as a person is less of you know, how many math problems I can do and more of, like, how I treat others. Yeah. Um, and I think that song tackles this a little bit, but you know, what, are, what are your thoughts? I mean, I feel like, yeah, it's about someone who's being held to a certain standard that is so stressful as it is that it causes the the expectation for them to meet that standard that they are being told they could meet easily is what causes them to fall so short in meeting it. And then kind of run away because like the the you said the main chorus but the chorus changes ever so slightly every once in a while adding an extra line here or there yeah and at the end um they do the the um the chorus and it ends with um 
just a boy, just a boy with a Cancun boarding pass. So it's like I, I, I interpreted that as, oh, he's leaving. He's fleeing the situation. Maybe I got that wrong, but that's what I, I saw it as. Well, that's what I thought like they quickly changed their judgment of Broy based on one decision he made. Um, and then they call him a piece of work, which, yeah, yeah that's kind of how it is. Like, yeah. you don't fit the standard that they were that they were judging you by before so now you're like worthless yeah and uh, yeah that's that's good punk music that's just good yeah. punk music this was very very good punk super anti-authority super like anti uh, just such anti anti anti, <laughs> anti everything yeah um but i i really liked it i really did yeah um, i i thought it was very good i think for Final grade, gonna give this one an A minus. Bit of a hidden gem. I am sitting at an A minus as well, yeah. actually. I was really glad that I found this record. I I like it quite a bit. Yeah. How did you find it? I'm curious. Um, I I looked at a topster, <laughs> and it was it was like, kind of in the middle, and so I did like research because it had an interesting um it has interesting cover. It is very interesting. Cover and then I saw Fantano had covered it. I didn't like watch the review, but I saw that he had at least covered it. Yeah. So I was like. Okay, I'll give it a listen. Uh, you, you, and no. yeah, it was good. It was very good. I, I'm very, I'm very glad. It just it makes you, this. it makes you think, makes you uh, go over all the material with kind of like a fine tooth comb, which I can't say for all punk music. Not to say that I place like other punk music super below this or anything, but it, I, I really appreciate when something can get me riled up but also make me want to think rather than just get me riled up yeah 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 i will be checking out more future of the left and that previous band mikulski mikulski that was the vocalist was part of that band along with the guitarist okay so it'll probably have the same stuff going on i don't know but i'll be checking that out yeah so what's next week? Um, okay, so next week, let me make sure I don't mess up the name. So uh, obviously this year we've talked a lot about um, the post-Brexit stuff or whatever. Yeah. And I just listened to the dry cleaning record recently and covered it on the uh, one-a-day stuff I've been doing. Uh-huh. Um, but I want to complete the main like trifecta. <laughs> and since we've already gone over Black Midi's Cavalcade and Black Country New Roads for the first time... Next week, I want to talk about Bright Green Field by Squid that also came out this year. And from what I've read online, those three are kind of like the big three of yeah, the movement. I've seen them everywhere. Yeah, they've been they've everywhere. been up this year. I don't know why it's taken me so long to get around to the Squid album. Well, now you have to. Now I gotta. Yep. So, cool. All right. So that's what we'll be talking about next week. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you then. Thank you.